For, for a few moments, with the Lord's help, well, let's turn to the book of Esther. Esther chapter 4 and verse 14. Esther chapter 4 verse 14. I'm not going to read the whole verse, but I just want to read the last two lines of that verse. It says, Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I'm sure we're, we are all familiar with the phrase that says, right time, right place. And in, in fact, it seems that so much of life is about being in the right place at the right time. And Queen Esther, without a doubt, she certainly seemed to be in the right place and at the right time to save her people, which were the Jews. And to add a little bit to the backstory, Esther was a Jew when she was living in the Persian Empire. And the reason being, many years earlier, the Jews had been exiled from their homeland of Israel, and they were scattered throughout places that would eventually come under the control of the Persian Empire. And if you read all of the story of Esther, you will see that there came a time when the king of, of, of the Persian Empire, he was searching for a new queen. And as the process went along, Esther became one of the ones that was in the group that the king would chose from. And as it would be, Esther was the one that got chosen to be the queen. And so this gave her, I guess, a special opportunities with the king. But we know within that kingdom, there was an evil and a wicked high official by the name of Haman. And we know this official, he had devised a plan to eradicate all of Esther's people, the Jews. But with Esther's privileged position, her, her people, in particular, her uncle Mordecai, kind of prodded her to go to the king on behalf of their people. And we know that she did that. But if you, in that story we read, in order to have an audience with the king, it would have to be at the king's bidding. Esther would be only allowed to enter the king's presence if it pleased him for her to do so. In this particular time, interrupting or interfering with the king at the wrong time could even possibly mean death. But in chapter 5 and verse 2, we see that it says, Esther found favor in his sight. But the point that I want to get to, in Esther's story, she had an adversary. 
you and I, we have an adversary as well. And in 1 Peter 5 and 8, it tells us, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, we might not give that a whole, there may be times when we don't give that a whole lot of thought. Especially as young people. Maybe a young person we feel in our minds, we are young and you know what, we have lots of time, we'll go out and enjoy life. But the adversary is on your trail. And as the, the Word of God tells us, that he has a plan. It says, he's seeking whom he may devour. His plan is to destroy you as an individual. His plan is to destroy your life. And you might question, well, how will the enemy of my life destroy me? We know we, presently we are living in a world that is very dark and very evil. But even some of the things that we are all very familiar with, the enemy will use these things, especially on, <coughs> on young people, to try and get you to take the wrong path in life. I have a couple here and I'll mention them. He may, as a young person, the enemy may come to you and he may tempt you to try smoking. You ever hear that voice that speaks into your ear and says, just try it one time. It's the cool thing to do. All of your friends are doing it. But he doesn't tell you all of the story. He don't tell you that it may lead to an illness that could take your life. Your enemy may use alcohol. He might say, speak in your ear and say, just have a couple of drinks. It will help you to loosen up and have a good time. But he don't tell you all of the story. I know a gentleman started drinking when he was just a young person. And at the age of 34 years old, he was lying in a hospital bed with his liver completely burnt up, cirrhosis of the liver. His hands were so shaky, he could not even write his own name on a piece of paper. The doctor came in and stood by his bedside and looked him in the eye and said, Sir, if you don't change your lifestyle, if you don't change what you're doing, in six months' time, you'll be dead. Satan don't tell you those things when he's trying to convince you that the world offers you a great life where you'll have lots of good times. He paints a pretty picture, but he never shows you the ending. And as well, 
uses drugs, and I'm sure many of you have heard of that, and maybe some may be familiar. Again, I know individuals, but for the grace of God, I've seen firsthand those that have overdosed. But thankfully, God is merciful. And because He answers prayer, even on behalf of those who cannot pray for themselves at that time, God spared their life. So these are some of the ways that Satan will try and draw you into a life where you will become bound by these things of the world. And if Satan can get his plan to work the way that he desires, you will end up with a life that is wrecked. A life without hope. But I want to relate back again to the story of Esther. We see that in Esther's situation, she had an availability to approach the king for help. And in life, when we face difficulties, when we are tempted, we too have access to a king that is willing to help us. And that is King Jesus. Over in Matthew 11 and 28, we have the words of Jesus. He says, come on to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He said, and I will give you rest. Sin will make you feel heavy laden. You will feel like you are carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. You ask me, how do you know? I've experienced it firsthand. I wasn't, I haven't been a Christian all of my life. There was a time when I traveled the way of the world. But thank God, He has the power to change lives and set you on a path that will make you happy. A path that will bring you a peace of mind and a peace of heart that you will never find out in the things of the world. I remember before I got saved, I was physically sick. And I was making appointments, going to different doctors, trying to find an answer for the problem that I felt I had. I, I had myself completely convinced that I had a, a, that I had a serious and possibly a terminal illness. But I remember the night when I came and knelt at the altar and prayed and asked the Lord to forgive me of my sins. He not only took away my sins, but the condition that I felt that I had, the Lord also took that as well. And I've never experienced that sick feeling even to this very moment. That's the difference that God can make in one's life. And the king that Esther went to see, we read in that story that he held out the golden scepter to her and he bid her to come into his presence. The king that we have access to as well, he encouraged us to come into his presence. 
Hebrew 4 and 16, it tells us, it says to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God will never turn you away, or he will never offer you the help that you need. And we can receive and we can experience God's unmerited love. We don't deserve it in our sinful conditions. We don't deserve it. But we have access to it at any time. Why? Because God loves us. The Bible tells us he's not willing that any should perish. In 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, it tells us, it says, Now, in speaking of salvation, it says, Now is the accepted time. Don't let your adversary trick you into thinking that there is a more convenient time. The Bible says now is the time. We read the story of Felix when he, when he was almost persuaded, but he said, I'll wait for a more convenient time. We don't see that that convenient time ever came. The only time we have is the very present moments that we are living in. Don't let the enemy think, because just because you are a young person, don't let the enemy think that you have lots of time, that you can wait until you're older. You can wait till, you, till years down the road, and then you, after you've lived the life out in the world, before you pass or leave this life, you can give the remainder to God. Tomorrow, tonight even, maybe too late. As I stated at the beginning, the adversary that you and I encounter, he wants to destroy both you and I. But the king that we know, King Jesus, he says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. The enemy, the, your adversary may make you feel that he has a good plan in mind for you. That he desires for you to enjoy a good life. But that's only, I guess, uh, like we hear lots of times, that's fake news. The real news is he wants to destroy you. But Jesus said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, but to give you an expected end. Many go out in the world looking to find peace and happiness but never find it. The songwriter said, the only real peace that I find, dear Lord, is in you. These are very true words. You know what the adversaries expected in for you and I is that our souls would end in hell for all eternity. But the plan that Jesus has is a home in heaven for all eternity. But if you are here tonight, you are not saved. If you don't know this Jesus that I'm speaking about, as well as Esther was in the right place at the right time, this is the right place and the right time tonight to meet him. The king of Persia extended his scepter to Esther. Well, tonight, the king of glory is extending the golden scepter of salvation. And the choice 
is up to each individual. Will you or do you accept his offer? God bless you.